0: read my book so I let you know I'm here at a high cost I have to read his book so I could get to speak to you this morning but when when I thought about what I wanted to speak on I said you know what okay I'm going to think about this so I said you know I'm going to speak on something that I've been wrestling with for about nine months so I'm going to I'm going to speak on something that the Lord and I have been battling on and and struggling with and we, I've been fighting him a little bit on it, and he's been fighting back a little bit with me on it. So I hope it's, it's kind of a structured journal entry, for the want of a, a better word. But I hope it's, it's encouraging to you, because the more this is dug into me, and the more, the more the Holy Spirit's dug into me, it really has impacted how I've, I've interacted with my family, my marriage, my friendships, e- even how we pastor the church. And I think mostly it's impacted how I engage with God but a lot of how God even engages with me. See, this passage of scripture, I think a lot of you will be familiar with, but last summer, as I said, I kind of started dealing with this last summer. It was a difficult season in my life last summer, and the Holy Spirit started to convict me and show me, where, where is it that, that you're working on? Where is it I think I'm working on practically, but where am I actually working on? So today we're going to look at a passage that David prayed in Psalm 129, and it's going to be a prayer that you are familiar with, it's going to be a passage that so many of you, you know, but it, it was David wrote this during a time in his life when he was under attack by his enemies. You know, he, he was being wrongfully accused of things. He was being attacked. So, you know, this very simple prayer, this very, very simple thing that David prayed, implications of it are absolutely massive. That if you and I can get the courage to pray this and I mean it. It can have a massive, massive difference in our lives. And the prayer is basically summed up in two simple words. Search me. Search me. Just Search me. So over the next hour and a half, we're going to dig into this. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to dig into this. Now, why would these two simple words have the ability to completely change how a person interacts with God? How you interact with your friends and your family? How can these two simple words have that? Because wh- when we pray, search me, We're asking God to search our heart, our motives, to help us shine light on offenses against him and maybe offenses against each other. We're we're asking God to show us our blind spots. What is it that I'm not seeing? What what is it that, that I don't know is there that I need to repent of and change? See, we're asking God to show us the good things we do, too. To search our hearts. What do we do really well that we're unaware of? How do we encourage people without even know we're encouraging them? See, David's inviting God to the to His inmost thoughts, and he's asking him, Let me let me see the word, let me see people from your perspective. Because we sing it in our worship songs, don't we? <laughs> it's like you know, Lord, change my heart, let me see the world how you see it. And this is what David's praying. He said, Let, let me truly see things how you see them. So if you have your Bibles, when you open up to, to Psalm 139? We're going to just look at the last section. We obviously read it a moment ago, but we're just going to look at the last section, verses 23 and 24. And here, Here's what it says. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. That if there's any offensive way in me, lead me in a way everlasting. Now, I've broken into some sections that I've been journaling about for, for about nine months now. And the first thing David prays is, search my heart. Search my heart. Search me, God, and know my heart. Now, what's the big deal about asking God to search our hearts? See, people use the term all the time, don't we? It's like, oh, they've got a great heart. Just just look at their heart. Or even our love songs. All of our love songs. When Marie walked into the church, that's what she started singing immediately to me was love songs. But all of our love songs is, you know, listen to your heart. You know, that, that's what we look at. But the fact of the matter is, we we, we don't have good hearts. We we, we don't. I mean, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. It's desperately wicked. Who knows how bad it is? <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not good. See, we need to understand that without the changing grace of Jesus Christ, our hearts aren't good. You know, we We deceive others. We deceive people, we have hidden motives, we often have agendas. Our heart in and of itself isn't good. And who's the most common person we deceive? Ourselves, ourselves. we, We deceive ourselves more than anybody else. Why? Why would we do that? Because we compare our intentions to other people. We compare what we think we want to do to what other people actually do. We lie about is. See, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to hurt you, but when you hurt me, you meant it. Those actions, or what do we say? Is like, I'm not a gossip. I'm just concerned about others. Or I'm not a, a drunker, uh, just like a drink. I'm not judgmental. I'm observant. I'm not. I'm just really wise with money. We, we We give ourselves grace, but we kind of punish other people see it's am I messing up? it's dangerous to pray a prayer like that because I think it requires us to allow the Holy Spirit to shine light on where we might need to repent and change. It it, it shines light on our hearts to say, where do I actually stand with God? But if we get the courage to pray this prayer, because it will require us to allow the Holy Spirit in. And when we get the courage to pray it, God can change our hearts, he'll change mine, he'll change yours for the better, to be able to know him more. See, we we all have to allow the Holy Spirit to seek and find out the avenues in our heart where we need to change, where where we have these fears that that he talks about in the prayer. And as followers of Jesus this morning, if you're here and you're a follower of Christ, see, we should be praying this. We should have the humility to be able to say to God, God, show me where my offensive ways are. There's a theologian, uh, Max Turner. he, he, He speaks on quite a bit, but he focuses on the Holy Spirit. And he says this about the Holy Spirit in in his book that I've read. He says this. He says this. In the East, people tend to focus mainly on the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And in many ways, not on God. But in the West, people tend to focus mainly on Jesus and God. And in many ways, not the Holy Spirit. Both are wrong. In order to experience the fullness of what God offers, we have to fully embrace all aspects of God, not ignoring one in the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we have to be able to encompass all to experience the fullness of God. And the only way we get our hearts searched is by allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and do that. See, the only thing that can transform us into the likeness of Christ is Christ, by the power of His Spirit, as God allows. See, and we don't have the ability to change into Christ's likeness on our own. The best we can do is behavior modification. We can act Transformed into the likeness of Christ. We only get transformed when we allow the Holy Spirit in. See, David goes on in his prayer to sa- say this. He says, Reveal my fears. He continues in the verse. He says, Search, search me, God, and, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Test me and know my Go beyond spiders and heights. What what is it you fear? Is it losing a job? Is it a fear of not getting married? Is it a fear of being married? <laughs> is it afraid of being afraid? Or may, maybe you're afraid of succeeding. What what if what if God actually used you the way He wanted to use you? Are you afraid of that? Maybe you're afraid of actually being the best version of yourself that God can use. Ma- maybe maybe we're, we're frightened of actually becoming what God wants us to become. And if we were, it wouldn't be unusual. Because it means we have to be stretched and grown and changed. But until we admit our anxiety about something, we can't give it to God. Until we admit we're anxious about it, we can't hand it over. Or maybe another way to put it is this. What we fear the most can reveal where we trust God the least. What we fear the most, what we're fearful of handing over to God, is where it can identify where we trust him the least. See, it says, God, show me, your, show me my anxious thoughts so that I can give you control of them, so that I can hand over those that control to you, tr- trust him with them. See, but often, as I said, we don't want to hand over our anxious thoughts because it means that we have no excuse then to be anxious to be anxious and fearful that's not a sin it's not a sin to be scared but it is disobedient not to be able to hand them over to him see it's a powerful prayer what if God actually took away the fear that stops you from doing what it is you know you want him to do so ask yourself what do you fear the most well, what is it that you're holding back from God and if you say I don't fear anything Who's the person we lie to the most? Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you fear, ask somebody you trust. They'll tell you like that. (laughs) They'll tell you immediately. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. David goes on then to say this. Uncover my sins. He says in verse 23, see if there's any offensive way in me. What's offensive in me? talk about a powerful prayer he says show me my sin show me my sin show me the offensive ways in me show me where I'm going wrong show me the areas of my life that contradict your truth what am I doing that's offensive to God what am I doing that's offensive to others see it's so easy to see where other people are doing wrong or going wrong, or where other people are, are sinning. But we're not called to just see that. We're called to examine ourselves. Scripture says examine yourself. Where where am I going wrong? Where's my sin? Where's my offensive ways? See, we accuse others, and we excuse ourselves. We accuse others, and we accuse, excuse ourselves. About um I don't know, this is probably six, six or seven months ago, I'm coming in the dual carriage went to Limerick, and I'm driving at a speed that I didn't need to be repentant of, and um, see how I'm excusing myself? So <laughs> I'm driving at a pace, and next thing, the family's in the car, this car blows past me at 60, 70 miles an hour over. So you know when you're driving and not expecting it, and you kind of jump? So I reacted in a godly fashion and verbally commented how that was irresponsible and you know, and, and said that was that was silly. not. 40 minutes later not 40 minutes later I'm coming back out the road and I'm on the, the DNS road and the, light, the light's green but you know the way you get the feel notice sometimes the Holy Spirit <laughs> just gives you the feel I'm like that's going to go red that sucker's going to go red so I floor it and just with the most beautiful experience just as I'm in the intersection it goes orange and you just get that feeling of thank you Lord next thing, my daughter in the back said, you were speeding like that guy. So like any good parent, I don't know what any parent would do. And I said, you shut up and mind your own business what I'm doing driving. This <laughs> 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 I said, you mind your own business and keep reading your book. <laughs>
1: but you know, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> That's why she was asleep. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I thought it was a good teaching moment, you know, to be able to look at her and say, you're right. You're right. I was beaten. I just did the very thing I commented on someone else doing. And I was caught. And I hated it. I hated the fact that I was caught. But I was so happy she had the courage to call me on it. And I, and I, th- and I honestly did say to her, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I actually did exactly what that guy had just done. Little punk. <laughs> but when, when, when you give God permission, when you give God permission to show you your offensive ways, when you give God permission to do that, how you're sinning or, or how you might be sinning, it's an incredible experience. And the important thing is not to justify away our sin, not to justify that we've become so accustomed to it that we don't even see it as sin anymore. That's what David's praying. He said, Lord, show me how I'm offensive to you. See, oftentimes I I found, I I come up with these questions for myself that I found are good questions to help me with my own self-awareness around this. And the first question I came up with was, what are others trying to tell me? What are others trying to tell me? What have I got mad about when somebody's brought it to my attention? Where, Where is it I push back? If somebody's told me something multiple times, there might be something to it. And why am I getting defensive about it? Or the other question was, you know, wh- what, what have I realized? What, what have I realized for some time that I'm not changing? What do I know that if I changed it immediately, my life would immediately improve? If I change it immediately, my relationship with God would immediately improve. And asking myself, why aren't I changing it? And then the last question that I've pinned up on my behaviour is, where am I most offensive? What's my sensitive spot? Where's my Achilles heel? Like what am I not open to hearing? And I when I, when it's brought to my attention, I tell them I don't have a problem you have. When I when I, <laughs> when, I <laughs> when I when I ask myself those questions and I'm aware of them, and I and I, I I'm willing to allow the Holy Spirit in, it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do with that deceiving myself Again, Jeremiah 9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. It's desperately wicked. Who can know how bad it is? See, when you have the courage, I think, to pray these prayers that, that, that David's praying, and we have the courage to ask these questions, God will knock us off our seat. He'll sit there and he'll like, say, I want you to transform into the image of Jesus. Romans 12, it's not just the, the acting, but the transforming of the mind. We confess to God for forgiveness, but we confess to others for healing. And that's why, as, as John rightly said, if you're not in a home group, if you're not in a small group, get in one. This is a wonderful place to come together as a body of believers. But it's in those home groups where growth can really happen. And I remember, John, I don't know if I was 19 or 20 maybe, I'd go to your house Tuesday nights maybe, I can't remember. You know, but but I'd, I'd go to John's house every week. And just to be challenged and the encouragement and the growth. So if you're not in a home group, I'd really, really encourage you to get into one. But then David wraps up his prayer with this, which I think is just a wonderful way to wrap up his prayer, which is lead me. Lead me. Lead me in your way everlasting. So after you've got, you know, self-realization, after there's confession, after there's repentance, David prays, lead me. Because when you show me my sin... When you show me where I need to change, now you lead me. N- na- now, now you take control. Here's what it says. So if, you, if there are any offensive ways in me, lead me in your way everlasting. See, when we have that courage to, to pray this prayer and, and mean it, wh- when we have the courage to do what, what David prayed, he stayed with him. He led him, he guided him, and he helped him. And for us, we, we know we need God's grace and his power and his presence and his comfort, we know that. God doesn't just say, hey, make all the changes and come back to me later. He stays with you to help you and guide you and to support you and catch you when you fall. Because he, he doesn't require perfection. He requires repentance of coming back to him daily, every day. See, so many of us, I think, I know for me, I have Jesus as a, you know, when I look at it, I, I have Jesus as a priority in my life, but sometimes I don't have him lead in my life. Sometimes I have Jesus, you know, so, sometimes when, when I'm repentant of sin, but sometimes I'm not continuously repentant of sin. You know, sometimes I, I want change, but I don't want to make the changes necessary for change. <laughs> I just want it. And what I'd like to do to close out the message, I- if it's okay, is to have us all read that aloud again that verse in just a few moments have us read that aloud again and just to sit for a few moments just in silence, just for a few seconds to allow the Holy Spirit maybe to speak to you and say "Hey, maybe this is where you need to grow maybe this is where it is that I want you to be challenged to listen to what God might be saying see I've been wrestling with this prayer for the last nine months and my wife has gotten involved and our kids have gotten involved and it's completely changed how I interact with God, but how then I allow God interact with me. Because it's an incredibly powerful prayer, because it allows God to work on us. And the more I allowed it, the more I started seeing my offensive ways rather than other people's offensive ways. The more I started seeing how I'm wrong, more, more than other people are wrong. So let me, let's pray this aloud together. Sit for a moment, and, and then I'll close us out in some prayer. We might pray together. Search me, God. word isn't a mystery, thank you that you're not a mystery, you, you lay it out so clearly in, in your word and I don't think there's not there's not one of us in here this morning that don't appreciate the grace and the kindness that you've shown us, that the, the price you paid on the cross for us to be able to come to know you I pray that you give us the courage, to have the courage to be able to allow you to point out our offensive ways intentional or not to make the changes we need to change to be able to grow your kingdom and our surroundings or our environment but what's best for your church I pray you give us the support we need through friendships and small groups and the church body I pray that you give us the, the courage to be able to to see ourselves how you see us as unconditionally loved I pray that you give us the ability to be able to live that love out that knowing that we're secure in who church, I thank you for the, just the invite to be here this morning, just it's wonderful to see so many believers around Limerick and in this, in this congregation that love and want to serve you, I just pray that you give us the, the ability to live this out day in and day out in our families and in our friend groups and our work and our school, but with each other that we can encourage one, we can encourage one.